on this computer. All right, so number 13 of Conversations with Bonnie and Bob, and we did what our own Marsha asked us to do, which is not have a conversation before the conversation, but instead just push the record button uh, without any prep and see what, what happens. So welcome to our 13th conversation, everybody. Let's um, let's see what we can do together. I am interested uh, because I know where you're where you're coming from, literally from lunch. Um, having just had lunch with your old uh, some buddies of yours from the from the olden days um, in publishing uh, when you were in publishing, and so I I was interested a little bit in without diving too deeply, but I just, I love this idea of being able to sit in a space with people you love who have completely different political views and a variety of political views and spiritual views. I mean, um, and how to, instead of, you know, insisting on, on one's voice being heard or being the only one in the space, but how to interact in those spaces um, in a loving way that still allows your voice to be in the space, but doesn't demand its own way um, and, and demand its own, its own certainty. And I, it kind of goes with what I was thinking about talking about. I've been in my uh, spirit, have been turning the phrase uh, that we find in our scriptures about offense, about taking up offense. And so often that's the way that English translates those, the the Greek or the Hebrew, like in Proverbs or Matthew and it talk, or Corinthians talking about um, why, you know, the person that does not take up or pick up the offense that is being put down are being delivered, that person is wise. It, that person right. is full of discretion. But I, I have a feeling though we have never really tackled this particular topic. I have a feeling that you might, we might have a good conversation about what that means, and especially just relating it to where you just came from, having this, you know, diversity sitting at the same table, eating pizza together. Um, and just how cool that is that we can maintain relationship and and uh, relationship with people that have different opinions than we do. Right. Yeah. Um, as you say that, there's two pronged um, way that the at a minimum that instant. But I instantly thought of these two um, that not only does the the Bible say that not taking up an offense when somebody offends you is wise, but also um, even in fact, even more so it talks about not taking up the offense of another. And that's what oftentimes people on in many arenas um, within, especially within religious or Christian context specifically even they're really big on um because they think that taking up the care of the widow and orphan is means to take take up 
and lift up their offenses. And and um, because of the way they talk, you know, the scriptures talk about defending them, but but you have to look at it in context and what that word means. And taking up another's offense or in that sense um, is actually what this, uh, again, in Proverbs, it says that's akin to grabbing a rabid dog by the ears. Mm-hmm. Because there, once you do that, there's actually, and you think about that literally, you see a, a dog coming up, a rabid dog, which means it is out of its mind. This dog is never going to return in its current status for the foreseeable future anyway, to a rational mind. You're not going to calm this dog down and certainly grabbing it by the ears. You can take, I know our dog, our little sweet Rosie, you grab her by the ears and she's sweetheart. She'll bite you. It's one of the few things she'll actually bite you for is if you grab her ears, she, they dogs don't like that. So grabbing a rabid dog by the ears, while it might seem at first, like uh, I got to keep that thing, that mouth from biting me, those teeth, You grab that. All you're doing is you're irritating an already wild, um, crazed animal even more. And that's and 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 the only the only thing that's going to happen is that dog is not going to wear out. You are. And it will turn its head to rip its own ear off if you have the strength to do that. And then it will still get you. So in other words. Don't do it. There's literally no good outcome. You going and grabbing a dog by the ears, a rabbit dog by the ears, there is literally no good outcome. And that's what the metaphor is in the Old Testament to take up an offense for someone else. That's like it's one of the dumbest things you can do. And yet the church um, for hundreds of years has been doing that, um, thinking it's somehow obeying a scriptural principle. Hmm. And so um, anyway, but also not taking offense yourself. And and then the modern, the, the reverse of that, most of the Old Testament always does things in terms of don't do this. When Jesus came along, he actually, because now he gets to reveal the cure for what was ailing all of humanity, that being our separation, our feeling and belief of separation from the the perfect, compassionate, loving God, he puts it, and Paul then says it this way, he says the other way, um, love, agape, takes no offense. Mm-hmm. So it's when you live in agape, where again, and we, and again, you have to remember that this is the, the total reversal of what religion is. Religion is thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Mm-hmm. The new covenant is herein is love, not that we love God, not that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. No, 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 no. It's complete reversal. The new covenant is completely new because it's the it's in contradistinction to the old covenant, which was thou, you are, you are on the hook for loving the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. Now, John comes along and says, here's how the new covenant works. 
Herein is love, agape, not that we are the are are have the, the onus isn't on us anymore. I just think that is so important because we we really get pious about our ability to serve the Lord and our ability to love the Lord our God with our heart. And right. it's how much do you love God? How much does it hurt? Kind of a thing is how we used to think about it. How much sacrifice, you know, do you exactly give? And I do think that it's an interesting distinction to note that Jesus was so uh, coy, smart, brilliant, a great communicator that he was answering exactly the question. What's the greatest, the greatest law? What was the right. greatest of these in the law? And it was, well, of, of the law, it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And we take that. And I and I mean, I don't think that's wrong. I don't think it's, it's, a, it's just There's not- nothing evil in it. It's just that a human, apart from being loved by God, apart yeah. from first love, which yeah. is what, again, John talks about it there, herein is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us first. That's yeah. the principle of first love. Then he reiterates that at the end of his life, when he writes the great revelation of Jesus Christ, he mentions it again, um, that the, the crowd in Philadelphia, he goes, guys, you're doing such amazing things. I mean, again, he even reiterates that one thing we were talking about before we got on. You're caring for widows and orphans. Kudos, man. That's awesome. I have only one complaint, and that is you have abandoned first love. Hmm. And every you and I have talked about this before, every teaching, every teacher I've ever heard preach on that message goes right back and thinks that first love is thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and your neighbor as yourself. And it's like, man, think about who's writing this. This is John. John said, no, no, no. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us first. That's first love. And that's the same writer. So well, and I think it's, so the, it kind of goes to knowing when a when a person perceives that they truly belong and they, they truly have significance and they truly have safety in being loved. It's yes. in that moment they then begin to know who they are. They begin right. to know where they are. They begin right. to know how they can be in in their body and in the world but it starts with being loved and i was saying it's not that 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 scripture is wrong or that we have some cool interpretation that we're just gonna i don't know be semantics warriors and be like oh no it really meant this it's just not a good starting place it the starting place needs to be i was begotten i i was of i was made of love I am loved. God loves me. And, and the things that I do in this body um, are from that. They come because, because of that and not in order to change an opinion or um, earn position or rank um, in, in a somewhat, in such a kingdom or some sort of thing. Right. Um, right. And it really, I, I just, it's interesting that you went exactly from like offense to taking up someone else's offense, um, which we see people groups doing so much of. Um, and 
I think there's a fine line there because, you know, you, we do and are called to um, speak out on behalf of those who cannot speak uh, uh, on behalf of the voiceless on behalf of the weak. We're called to speak to those who cannot speak. See, that's, again, there's, there's a big difference. The, the thing that, people try to do when you take an offense what happens is you are saying you are wrong this other person say you're the person that's being that you believe someone has done something to offend you they are wrong you're right they're trying to put you down you're trying to say no they're saying you're less than me you're saying no i'm equal to you or whatever um love takes it out of that category altogether hmm. because again it's the same thing as the angel of god when they met um the armies of israel and they're like walking along and they're like heading to this war and they run into this angel and they go oh we wait a minute and they knew it was a supernatural being and they go who's Whose side are you on? Israel's are our enemies. And again, the, the angel's like, I, I, what are you talking about sides? No, there's only one side. I'm on the Lord's side. Mm, that is see, so cool. I forgot about that. That's so beautiful. Right. See, God has a totally different outlook. We all look at there's right and wrong. There's good and bad. There's evil and, and light. There's the, the people in the right, people in the wrong. And we think that justice, whenever you look at that term justice in the Old Testament, that God was the God of justice, it, they, we always say that means we got to go. Somebody took something. Somebody's been put into a position of greater than, and we got to go make an equal. We got to take away from them to give to the underdog, and then everybody's equal. And God's like, no. No, and no, that's not the kind of, in the same way that your thoughts, my thoughts, God says, are so far above your thoughts. It's the same way as the heavens are above the earth. It's just, we're in a different stratosphere, literally. You think about it all as bringing this equality. I think about it all as bringing everybody to my level. Now yeah. we're like all, it's like, it's like so different. So God's justice, again, even, even like that scripture that you asked me, to translate the other day, um, the end result of it, when it talks, the last word in it is justice. That word, that Hebrew word means to bring that person to a place of cognizant, of being cogn uh, conscious of their actual status before God. That's God's kind of justice. Yeah. See, it's not about this person's always had more. This group has more. That group has has too much. or And so we got to take from this one to equal. And it's all. No, no, that's just like that will never end. That's the whole point of what we've been fighting over for thousands of years. Everybody's always trying to make equal. It's like God's not into that kind of equality and that kind of fairness. He's about everybody becoming one with him. And then, then we all get the mind of Christ, which Paul said, here's the mind of Christ. Here's how he was able to do and endure through the suffering and lower himself to be the scapegoat for everybody was that he knew where he came from. He knew where he was going and he knew whose he was. 
she knew he was the son. Probably maybe. I, I think that the words that you've just spoken have probably uh, perked up some ears and opened some eyes um, as people are listening because it kind of feels it definitely sounds countercultural to like kind of a, a social justice minded, social justice forward type of language. Um, and especially the word justice, you know, and equality, those are definitely words that we um, have in our in our language and in our interactions uh, for people um, coming out of oppressive systems. And I think that it's just interesting that, you know, taking it to, okay, justice is raising everyone to oneness with with God and oneness and seeing themselves as God sees them and seeing the value that they hold, the worth that they hold. Um, and I think in, I, I just wonder how that actually in praxis plays in the, in the day-to-day in when, when people behind desks and behind in positions of power, how that actually translates to the here, the here right now, you know, how does this translate to food, shelter, clothing, um, advantage, privilege, um, you know, um, those are just hot, those are hot words, hot button words. And right. Well, well, think about it like this again, Jesus went and he ministers to all these people. And when he ministers to somebody who feels, for instance, let's say that there was someone who felt that they had been mistreated by, Oh, I don't know. So let's say some, we'll just call this mysterious character Zacchaeus. um how does jesus deal with it jesus goes to zacchaeus and goes guys you don't understand i know you feel deprived you feel you're a smoldering wick you feel you're um downcast downtrodden and and life is crapped all over you well surprise surprise guess what zacchaeus is no different everyone's reality we all think that there's that everyone else the gra- again, the old adage, the grass is greener on the other side. But what you come to find out in life is, and that's what all these movies, I mean, think about how many movies in the last 30 or 40 years. We just watched another one. It was really cute. Another one of those switched movies. Only this one was a mom and a dad and a son and a daughter. And all of them switched sides. Yeah, that was um, so cool. It, it was really and and they're all like you're 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 you know it's so unfair you get all the, you you're an adult you get to do anything you want i just wish that you could see what my life was like as if the parent of course had never been a child but but again that's what those movies show when people switch sides they come to find out holy crap i thought my life was crap their right. life is even worse i know and oh, so when i, I heard Zacchaeus, this, Zacchaeus lived funny. in hell this funny thing was um, gr- the grass is greener on the other side. And the meme says, no, the grass is greener where you water it. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's what God's about. God's about, you know, if you would just with my, my way of God's justice and it was tied in with his righteousness and Christ is, we, we received Christ's righteousness in the great covenant of the father and Jesus, and they swapped clothes. Um, that's what happens in a covenant. And Jesus represents us. 
So our inability to to be like God, which is what we were designed to do, to be avatars of God, to be light bearers of God, likeness bearers of him, so that when the when when the universe and the watchers and and the animals and the 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 creation would see us, they would be the, the intent was that they would be seeing the character and nature of the loving God that created them. Rather, Adam denounced that. And he he thought he could do it without God. And and he also thought, and anyway, that is what has been being passed down all these generations later. And what Christ finally came to say, now you 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 set up this this seemingly irreparable breach between what you were designed to be, and it looks like you're in a hell that you there's no redemption from. But what you don't know is we kept we had a hidden plan there all along. We had a back door. God had made a back door, like in the movies when the hacker you know, does something. It turns out he's written this software and he goes, well, I actually made a backdoor. Yeah. I wrote that software for that company years ago when they hired me to do it, but I created a backdoor so I can get in and I can, all the money they've stolen from everybody, I can actually return it with a single button press. And that's kind of what God did. It's like I had the backdoor and it was Christ. When he came to earth, he would die as and for everyone so, so that all the take it how do you take these these like big 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 truths these big beautiful expansive ideas and bring it right down to a relationship so sure the that you had on the ta- at the table with the pizza guys the relationship that we have with our spouses the relationship we have with our children people are putting down you know the old saying i'm 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 picking up what you're putting down or i'm i'm right 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 in, or i'm, I'm well, that- you know, I'm That's getting where... what, you're, what you're saying or something like that. But the idea is offense comes. The offense comes right. all day long. It, right. And it, it, it it's there. It's there between right. parents and children. It's there between children and children. It's there between spouse. It's, it's there at work. It's there between coworkers. Like the, and the sensitivity in some cultural spaces is even heightened to take offense. I mean, it, it right. heightened. <laughs> right, because it's all about saving face. Yeah. Your face is everything. So you attack. It's even worse than stealing physical things from them or even having an affair with their wife or any of those things. You do something that makes them look bad or Im- is it trying to impugn their reputation? That's the greatest offense, because in many, especially Semitic Middle Eastern cultures all throughout the Middle East, it's a huge percentage of the of the population, and especially that which has a, a the, the Bible speaks a lot about this because that's the the Levant is the region in which all of this language comes from, which they all share that culture of the of of you you impugn my face, my reputation, and. And they really do believe, you know, a, a good name is worth more than silver and gold. So it's literally worse than stealing from them is to steal someone's reputation. So an offense is a huge thing there, which is why the disciples were even like, how many times shall we forgive someone? Because what they're talking about there is when someone does this, 
they have they have um, tried to uh, harm your reputation. That's yeah. why it was so hard for them. And they didn't understand. And, and they said, and, and Peter goes, oh, I'm going to really stand out here seven times, you know, like, like, like in a lifetime, seven times. And Jesus is like, oh no, let's, let's go with, uh, how about seven times 70 in a day? How do you and do that? Like, well, it, seems it seems irresponsible at that point. I mean, it just really it does. does feel reckless. I mean, it does. It's like, gosh, if you're really working with somebody on a project and they are just slaying you net left and right and just knocking your character knocking your identity knocking your, your idea cutting you off every time you talk you know they, just really blocking your progress and working with the team i mean really how does it work how does that work in the boardroom how does it work in the in the project room how does it work politically i mean i'm thinking of you know in a situation room and a um it's it's all good when Peter and Jesus are walking down a dusty road talking about numbers, but when it goes to, oh my holy Lord, like you actually just did this to me again. Like, right. well, like well here's the thing where, this? <laughs> this is where, again, I think that a lot of times we get, we, we, um, we get, I don't want to say confused. I'm trying to think of the right term. Um, and it's not even to um, conflate, but for instance, when you, you, you pointed out, like if you're in a boardroom and people are doing this again and again and again, well, I, I'm not saying, and I don't think that's what Jesus meant when he was talking about, like, if your brother offends you seven times, 70 in a day, Jesus is like, you got to forgive him. Um, one, again, we have to go back to forgive is to release, to not hold, to not take offense, to take up that offense, because that means you've grabbed a hold of it. And that's now become your focus. That's become your aim. That's become what your imagination is going to be imagining and where your heart is heart and imagination in the Bible. It's the same. It's the same thing. The word heart means imagination. So you're now become obsessed with um, putting this person in their place. That becomes your, your sole aim. That's really more in line with how, you know, business people, they talk about them. The best business people have thick skin. Why? Because they don't have time to, to take offense. Mm -hmm. They just move on. Mm -hmm. they, they, and and many times they might just be like, I'm not going to do, I just won't put myself in that situation again. I'm not going to make another deal with that person so that they're just not going to meet their side of the bargain again. That's not what he's saying. He's not like, just keep going and making contract after contract after contract with these people. That's mm -hmm. not what he's saying. He's just saying, don't let it be, become the center of your life, regardless of how many times people may come and, and uh, try to offend you. Don't let that now become your life's purpose is to, again, we, you know, you see that in movies when people suddenly become obsessed and it's like they will, then they go into this dark place and they spend years, you know, like the movie begins and somebody does something. And then years later, those people meet again. And that person has been plotting for years, 
how to create, you know, to to overcome and to crush that other person. Um, that's more, I really believe what Jesus was talking about, because honestly, that's really what so many of us do. And it becomes the thing is, is then what, what happens in that kind of a person's life that becomes all about creating a leveling of, of the playing field. Everybody suddenly looks like that person that they that they're they've taken up this offense against. And so their whole attitude towards the world, it's just now a complete altered, horribly interesting. I just got this focused worldview. I just got this picture of like you said, now everything kind of looks like that shape. And I was imagining that you put on certain optic glasses that have a shape of that offense and that's just how exactly you the world you're just seeing that is exactly it through through a shape like a like a kid's pair of glasses that have like lines in it or have little animals in it you see things like that and i i think that you know getting super practical like i'm trying to bring it you know really from the dusty road right to like how we have interactions and relationships and so many people have questions about you know when is enough enough what when do i cut ties with this this person or that deal and move forward you know and and still be a person of my faith and and a person that is is doing what Jesus has said to do and i think that it's important to to have these like like critical conversations because you're you're saying i don't think that's what the intention there was but i i do no. think that, and i want to bring it down even more closer to home i think our health depends on it Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think our physical health um, is is tied to our releasing resentments and releasing people and releasing yes. our offense. And yes. I I think that that's where the like where it gets really personal is okay. How's your gut doing? You know, how's your your intestines feeling today? How, how are, how's your heart beating? How's your blood pressure? How's your, you know, how's your blood, you know, your blood sugar levels and things. And we know that releasing ourselves and releasing others and, and dis like, refusing to take I just I'm coming back to that word that take offense is like yes like it's like it literally means in the Hebrew and the Greek it means to pick it up and hold it's like you're you're picking up a weight and now you're going to walk through life with that weight because you're going to you're you've decided this is something I want to put my focus on is I'm this is this is just this is this was wrong and that person wronged me and now you're just you're but again you're the other person you somehow think you're trying to make that person you're going to bring them down to your level. Well, you just lowered yourself even lower because you're, you're now you're got, you're weighted down with this rock that you're carrying around this offense. And it's like, man, you're the only one that you're the one that's probably more than them being slow. Your life is slowing down. Your physical energy is being drained. Your, your health is being compromised because you're refusing to just, again, as the word forgive means is means to release. It's why those the words are there, why those pictures are there. And I love that idea of release um, that we heard uh, years ago about a dismissal, like in, in school when everybody's sitting at their desks and the bell rings, 
you're now released, you're dismissed. Yes. It's it's That's right. the position that you were in, you're no longer in it. You're now in a different space. And right. I think releasing resentment and negative thoughts will will work within our bodies on thing I believe and on things like autoimmune disorders on on yes. sensory pro problems like I have you know battled with in my own life about my loss of smell and taste and um little things that begin to um crystallize us calcify us hold us in these toxic spaces and you wonder it, it's just th these uh, events of life and the longer, not everything is tied to, to emotions. I, I get it. P people in, <laughs> in a variety of cases are born into, into, into things that they had no choice over. And so I'm not, I'm not, there's always exceptions to what we're talking about. And I get that. And I'm, I'm very aware of that. And I'm not trying to make a hard and fast rule, but I do think generally Part of the reason why we have the teachings and our scriptures around forgiveness and love is for the health of the individual, the health of the relationship, the health of the community. Um, yeah. Yep. But how to actually do that on a minute by minute, moment by moment. So that's where a lot of Paul's letters, his epistles, that's what they're dealing with. You read so many, like he says, I understand that some of you have taken offense. Somebody's somebody's taken something from you. And I understand you're taking them to court. You're literally wasting your time going to the world and saying, well, that guy took, you know, a hundred dollars from me and I'm not going to, I'm going to spend a thousand dollars to get that hundred dollars back. And he's like, what are you doing? You have so much more important things to be doing to go out and share with people the life transforming message of letting people know what the work of the finished work of Jesus has done and releasing them and bringing them into an open place to freely come to know that they are a son or a daughter of God. How much more important is that than a hundred dollars because your brother, your Christian brother. So what? Mm. Get, but, but let it go. Release it. That's ridiculous. Again, let's go to the, let's do these things at a much higher level. Mm. Person offend you. They did that. Great. So don't hang out with them. Again, that's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus didn't say, keep going to that person and try giving them an opportunity over and over and over to met, let's see if this time they won't rip you off. That's not, he never said that. But that's mm -hmm. what sometimes people think is you got to stay in these abusive relationships. That's not what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it was it was living in a completely different kind of um, atmosphere in a higher, um, uh, more oxygenated, you know, on our earth, the higher we go, the less oxygen in God's realm, the higher we go, the more oxygen there is, the more health, the more um uh, eventually the more influence that we might have with people because we become something that's so transformed from the typical people taking offense kind of person. And as Paul said, love takes no offense. It does. It, does, it doesn't have time. It's, it's too busy, you know, loving people going out <laughs> love, and, and making change. No, it keeps no record. It keeps no, there's no system of record in love's right. accounting. It Love no. 
and and love knows all things and believes all things so it's not that love is forgetful in the way that we think of forgetting but i really love to bring it back to how you're saying that god's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and god's ways are higher than our ways and but he, he there is this special sweet spot of having the mind of christ that a person who wants access to spiritual things and access to your own wisdom within your spirit, you can begin to think and, uh, and see how, how love sees and, and believe like love believes. And it's, it doesn't make us, um, naive or, or easily taken advantage of, or, or anything like that. I mean, these things are very complicated and nuanced and walking a life of, in a life of love is really takes a lot of, uh, a lot of strength and. Right. Oh, absolutely. It, it takes an impossible amount of human strength. It is impossible to live. Agape is impossible for a human apart from God. That's the whole point. That's the, that's the lesson of the ages. All of the Old Testament is the story after story after story of people who were not properly conjoined to the Father, so were not able to be the lights that they were ultimately intended to be. And as for all humans, but the, the great news is, but all of us have died in Christ and we're all no longer um, sons of Adam. We're all now in a brand new kind of kingdom, a brand new kind of, of sonship. And we're all been made sons of God. We were born of water, Adam, but now Jesus, as he told Nicodemus, but everybody's going to have to be born of, of this, of the spirit. And thank God we were when Christ was raised from the dead, all of humanity was born of the spirit. And now we're all, that's why Paul says, we're now all sons of God. No, the whole new thing. As all, whole new died, reality. as all died in the one reality, all are made alive in this new. Have reality. been. And again, in the Greek, it's clear, have been made alive. Have been made so alive. It's, that's why Paul was like, this is good news. This is the, me this is the message. We've been made ministers of reconciliation to let people know you have been reconciled with God. It's a done deal. This isn't something you vote on or or vote into or or confess into or again, you just need to repent, which simply means you need to take a higher thought. You need to you need to come up to the reality of what actually is that you're a child of God. That's what the word repent means to take the higher thought. And that's what we so ministers of reconciliation are. We get to tell everybody what's already happened. You were born into a whole new kingdom, a whole new family. And and um, so welcome. Yeah. So welcome. The, the battle is over. You can, right. you can go ahead and let yourself relax in your belongingness and in your lovingness and do that same thing for others. When I was a kid or a kid, Lord, I said I, I was in my early 20s last week. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. When my I was in my early 20s, um, I had a job as an event uh, planner and a wedding a wedding coordinator. And I met this woman that made a lasting lifelong impression on me. She, she, for me, was the most loving individual I had ever met up to that point. She walked into a room and changed the atmosphere. She changed the frequency. And she was... <laughs> 
one of the bride's like family members, older family members. So she was much older than us. Um, and, and I just remember how she looked at us and how, how she perceived us and, and how we wanted to please her or, you know, everybody wanted to rise to the level that she was living at. She just, it, right, right, right. How she exuded that. Um, my grandmother was another one like that. You just felt at ease in her presence and when I would meet other people's grandparents who would, who didn't exude that frequency of love and acceptance, I always thought they can't be your grandmother because grandma, all grandmothers, according to my right. standards, <laughs> you know, you are spoiled and kind <laughs> and they, and they receive you and they want you there and they never have, share a harsh word. Um, and I, I wonder, so taking it down home, down to uh, off the dusty road and on to where we live in our relationships. I want to leave us today with some affirmations. I, um, I didn't, I wasn't planning to do this, but this book is on our desk and, uh, it's called loving yourself to great health, um, by Louise Hay. If you remember Louise Hay, um, she's old. I don't think she's, uh, passed yet. She's in her late eighties though, or early nineties, but, um, it's just interesting some of these things that correlate with, um, you know, forgiveness and and health, health in our physical bodies, health in our spiritual lives, health in our relationships have so much to do with how we love ourselves and love one another and are loved by God. I mean, I, I think that that also too, thinking about how can I love myself? Well, you can love yourself as you are loved by God. It's the only right. way we can get to know ourselves, but for, for all of us coming to a, a close on this, this might be interesting to listen to over and over again. And this is coming from Louise Hay's book that I just said, Loving Yourself to Great Health. Um, I don't, actually could see when this was written. Oh, 2014. Interesting. So 10 years ago. So I bet she's passed now. I, I mean, unless she has loved herself to 100 years old. Um, That's possible. <laughs> That's possible. So look in the mirror and ask yourself, how can I love and accept you more? Be open and listen for an answer, a feeling, or whatever comes to you. And affirm, I accept myself and create peace in my mind and heart. I am good. I am good enough, just as I am. I love and approve of myself. As I forgive myself, I leave behind all feelings of not being good enough, and I am free to love myself. I am special and wonderful. I love my life. I love this day. It is wonderful to feel the love in my heart. My heart is open, and I allow my love to flow freely. I love myself. I love others. And others love me. And God loves me. I forgive myself for not being the way I want me to be. I forgive myself and set myself free to be just the way I am in this moment. I love and accept myself as I am. I bless you with love and bring harmony to the situation. I forgive you for not being the way I want you to be. 
I forgive you and set you free. I cannot change another person. I let others be who they are. And I simply love who I am because I am loved by God. I move beyond forgiveness to understanding and I have compassion for all and I have compassion for myself. That's pretty good. That's nice. Well, God bless everyone and may your journey of forgiveness and releasing resentments continue to um, invite health into your systems and health into your workplaces and your relationships with your family and friends. And let the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Until we talk again, thank you, Bob, for this great conversation. Thank you.